Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Well, welcome to the final siren. A team that has become used to in-game injuries this season, West Coast has itself forced to push on with Hearn, West and Hewitt all sidelined after the first quarter. But then we saw some of the best football West Coast has played this year, but we also saw two goalless quarters which need to be addressed. So we'll get into that more into the show. I welcome uh, my, one of my co-hosts, Dan. How you going, mate? Yeah, not bad, not bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm um, battling tonsillitis, guys, so we're doing this via Zoom, so sorry if my throat is a bit husky or hoarse or whatever it is, um, sounds weird, so that's the reason why uh, Wayne will join us for Bounce Down. Uh, before we get into the, the game, we'll have to thank our sponsor, Tom at Plus Fitness, TV Echo, Hillary's and Junior Up. Get onto our socials, um, just go to Linktree and type in Eagle Nation there and you can download any of the episodes or any of our social pages from there, guys. Um, well, Dan, it was 18 goals, 12, 120 the Magpies to the West Coast, 8 goals, 9, 57. And, um, well, where was it won and lost? It has to be at the start of the game, I'd say. Seven goals to nothing the Magpies kicked, and then they kicked nine unanswered goals at the end of the game. That sort of basically sums it up that the game was played in two halves, really. First and last yeah. for the Magpies and second and third for the Eagles. Yeah, the first one you felt like <clears throat> the pressure was there, but the polish wasn't, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like there were passages of play we looked good, but the problem with us is it, the, the game's so quick now. When we turn it over, we get scored against. We didn't score any goals from turnover. I believe statistically there was one, but that was a free kick. Yeah. So we scored basically no goals from turnover where these teams with the better polish, they score from turnovers, you know what I mean? And we don't turn it over. They don't turn it over as much. So that's the damaging, the damaging part of our game right now is, and that's what we've got to clean up. We even mentioned it last week, you know, and we used the word polish, 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 because effectively that's what it is. There's passages of pay which you pretty much indicated in your intro where we look like they're better team for passages. You know, the first quarter wasn't there. We didn't like kick a goal which wasn't good enough, but we did get a few inside 50s. We did we did do things right, and then the last quarter was very, very similar to the Freo game. You were just – weren't you just waiting for us to get overrun in the end because of those injuries? I mean, losing three players in the first quarter, I mean, the commentators even said it, like, you know, we just – we don't know what's going on here because, again, one was a knee, one was a concussion, and then only one was a hammy. So it's not like it's one type of injury. If these were all hammy injuries, you could go definitively, that's enough of a pull to say, yep, there's something wrong with strength and conditioning here because they're all soft tissue injuries. And I think we've still had enough soft tissue injuries that we still need to actually look into that seriously because it's now two years of it. But it's just rotten bad luck. Like you can't help a teammate get pushed into your knee and hurting your knee. You know, a dodgy bump by Dugowie, and let's be honest, it, was, it wasn't it was great, but it was just a bump that wasn't done, executed right. It wasn't like a, a hit off the ball or anything that. It was in the play. He'll get his whack, which he deserves, but I think the story around that's a bit escalated. But that's three different injuries, and it just no rotations on that bench. You got two for the game against the top of the team, ladder team, and I'm thinking, oh, 
we might be in trouble here in the last quarter. Well, your thoughts? Yeah, you, well, you talk about injuries. There was another injury, but the guy had to come back on because we had to have rotations, and that was Callum Jamison. And he's done an abductor in his groin, so he looks like he could be missing a considerable time as well. So it was a brave effort for him to come back on. And he just purely come back on so we could keep the rotations going. Um, like you said, it was uh, it was probably a mirror image of the Fremantle game where, you know, but it, it took these injuries for us to fight back. Um, we kicked six or seven goals either side of half time without really Collingwood doing anything, which got us back into the game. And if you looked at Andrew Gaff kicking there towards the end of the third quarter, he was only 30 metres out and he hit the post and it barely made the post. If that goes through for a goal, um, you know, We've always talked about the 12-point turnaround. Collingwood took it straight down the other end and kicked a goal. So that really killed us. Yep. So um, brave effort by the guys in the second and third quarter. But it's, the question still remains our starts. Um, it's, you know, seven unanswered goals. There's something got to be done there. Um, in the third quarter, being at the ground, <clears throat> I was pretty crook. Um, the crowd was so frigging loud. I've never heard the crowd like that in a long, long time. So the boys got spirit there. Um, but there's, you know, like I said, we I guess we ran out of legs as the old adage goes. Not enough people on the bench. But in saying that, Collingwood had a few injuries there in the last quarter as well. And, look, brave effort for the guys, but we've got to address these unanswered goals happening either side. Um, I, I want to talk about some of the points here, like, you said from goals from turnovers, but, we yeah, we didn't score, and they scored quite a lot. Their, their, their game was based on turnovers, and we, we know that's what Collingwood's like. We we won the stoppages, and we were winning by a considerable mile at one stage, uh, but we didn't capitalise enough. Um, inside 50s, we only won less. And, again, you know, it's 10 goals, the difference, but we only won less inside 50. So is our delivery into the forward line good? Um, marks inside 50, they took 14, we took five. That was a big difference. So that's probably why it was a, a 63-point uh, win. Turnovers were, you know, we made more turnovers than they scored from and we didn't we, – we we won the stoppages, as I said, but we only scored a few game, goals from there. My thing I want to ask you is our game, chain ha- cha- game style has changed. We seem to – handball unnecessarily sometimes and when we were handballing we were getting pounced on and it was surprising in the third quarter when we did less handballs we got back into the game what, what's your view on that well I think the game style is solid but it comes back to what we said with polish when you're a word you could use for lots of handball is over possessing the ball so when you've got a chain of play and instead of two, three direct kicks, it's, you know, five, six handballs. You only need one to go wrong. And that's, to me, the issue. One bad judgment, one wrong handball. And I'm not even saying bad disposal officially. You could hit the target, but you put that player then under so much pressure that that becomes a turnover because he's tackled, you know what I mean? So I think the game plan sound. I like the game plan. It's where the game's gone. You've got to move. You've got to carry. You've got to be quick. But... The only remedy for that is time and personnel. You know what I mean? You've got to 
get used to it. You've got to learn learn that game style, know when to go, when not to go with the hands, you know, know when to quick and when to hold up, you know, and just get the personnel out there because you have to be a diehard Eagles fan to see the light where we are now. But it is there, like, yo coming in and stuff, then you got yo. Yoshi and Kelly, the main three mids in the middle in the guts. And as you commented on, we destroyed them in clearances. Like, that was not where the game was lost. Like, we didn't just hold our own. We beat them and beat them quite convincingly. You know, it's just – and I think you made some very good valid points there. The forward line as well, it feels like a very makeshift forward line right now because basically you've got Darling out, you've got Ryan out, and you've got Cripps out. Two of them would, you could say, are our crumbing players, you know what I mean? and one of our better third tools. Um, so you get it in there enough. There wasn't enough mark, but all right, are they bringing it to ground? And I think we had more tackles inside 50, so it wasn't straight coming out. So it's like if you had just a couple of extra crumbers in there in uh, Crips and in Ryan, then maybe that could have made a difference. Um, but I just find like, right, as long as we've got a fit list, the centre, the middle is not too bad. I liked Hewitt at the very beginning. Albeit I, he only got, you know, a few touches, but it was like, oh, yeah, you can kind of see something here. You know, he's he's gutsy and he's almost more suited to AFL football than he is waffle footy because waffle footy is a bit more one-on-one and a bit more of a grind, you know what I mean? Just ask True from the weekend, the poor bugger got tagged, you know, and um, and then he got knocked out, so it was horrible. But I'll tell you one, and he won't – people wouldn't have noticed him. Um, we're not seeing his stats. And it gets to what you said about the forward line. I actually really like Greg Clark's game. He had 11 disposals and just a goal, but he was playing, that's in three quarters of footy, and he was playing as the, the fourth, like the small forward role kind of thing, you know what I mean? After West went down, he had to go forward, obviously. So he's a midfielder that's having to play a role that's very different to him. You know, he's not an inside, he's an inside mid and he's playing in the forward line. I thought, well, if you could get, as a small forward, 11 disposals and a goal a game, that's actually not bad numbers for a lot of small forwards. So I thought I'd give him a bit of a tick as well, to be honest, and um. They were under siege down back, but I like Hoff and Bazo. They're just going to get better with more game time, you know, and to do what they did against, you know, they got Cox down there, you know, they got Mychek down there, they got Cameron resting down there. That's that's the big Ruck's name, isn't it, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and these kids are just doing it. They're, what, 19, 20 years old. And actually when Hearn went down, there was no real big general down there anymore. And I thought they did really well. And I thought – you know, coming this game, I said last week, it had to be under 40 points, where I think it kind of, I stick by that, but that was not including the injuries we had in game, you know what I mean? That was if we had the rotations. I thought we did play that, and you talked to, just quickly too, because there's a lot to unpack. I think you said a lot of great things, and um, the crowd, you know, saying so loud and get, but that's the thing is, and they've said themselves, they, you've got to give us something to cheer for. And that was something that was really good about this game. They did give us something to cheer for. There were patches in this game where we looked far superior to them. Our midfielders on top, you know, and we'll go into more detail on some of these mids later. But, yeah, it was just they played great games and it got everyone up and about, didn't it? Oh, yeah, it was it was really good. Um, before we get into the players of the round and the players best on both sides, um, you briefly touched on the Dugowie bump on Hewitt. It happened right in front of me. The angle I had was I was seeing from behind the behind Hewitt. So to me at first it didn't look too bad, but once you looked up on the screen, it was I, I thought he went ran past the ball. He, he elected to bump when he didn't need to. Uh, he jumped off the ground. It's been 
uh, deemed careless contact, severe impact and high contact. So it's a minimum of three weeks plus it's gone to the tribunal. Um, briefly, what do you think? Did you think you think that's about right, three, three matches for that? No, nah, I reckon it'll land on about four. Three matches is just the minimum once it goes to tribunal. Yep. So it kind of will have to be like that unless they, like, you know, obviously get something overruled. Um, but no, I'd say it would be four. So he hasn't actually been given three. It's just when it goes to tribunal, it's a minimum three yeah, unless they get that, one of the rulers over to him. Yeah, it's yeah, I, I think four. But, again, you've made a good point. It's like in real time, you had to think the slow-mo to really appreciate how bad it was. Do you know what I mean? In real time, it was like, oh, you know, that's not the greatest. But the ball was in play. Like, he, he did go past him. Uh, he did get him in the head. It wasn't a raised elbow. It wasn't anything like that. And I think sometimes we've got to take your favourite saying the rose, rose-coloured glasses off a bit. Yep. And I think a lot of it, and I'm not saying to throw shade, you know, I love our supporters. I love our community. <clears throat> But if those reverses were like the roles were reversed, I think a lot of our supporters would be arguing there was nothing in it. Now, there's clearly something in it, but, I mean, it was a footy act that went bad, and he'll cop his whack for it for us. To me, it wasn't this massive, dirty action. It wasn't a raised elbow. He hasn't leapt off the ground to get him high. It hasn't been a swinging arm. It's been a bump that was just very late. And to be honest, a bit stupid, too, where the game's at. You know you can't do that. So he'll get his four weeks, but... You said you didn't notice it that bad in real time. Watching on TV, you didn't notice it that bad until they slow mowed it and you saw, oh, God, he's got him in the head then. So the players on the field wouldn't have really noticed that too, you know what I mean? So it's just that's, that's, one of those That was the next question. The players, uh, people were responding, you know, they didn't respond. From my angle, and like I said, it didn't look as bad because it wasn't a raised elbow. It was the top of his shoulder that hit him in the head. He did jump off the ground a little bit, but wasn't high. Um, but still, when a, a young player goes down, I was probably – there was about eight players behind the ball that all saw it. And to me, I, I, my, my first reaction at the ground <clears throat> was, why isn't anyone going up and getting in his face? At least just getting in his face. And that was from just because Hewitt was on the ground. Because um, I've seen things happen less and our players get in the face. But like you said, split reaction. People going on for the ball. We were down. We were down considerably in in margin. So that's the main reason. The one thing I did like was at quarter time when Greg Clark come onto the ground, he made a beeline for Dagoe in the guts, and then he did it again at half time, and then he did it at three quarter time. And that to me was something that I liked, and probably. Could have happened a little bit more, you know, the old days of just getting into them and making them feel harder, uh, you know, knowing that, you know, you, you got eyes in the back of your head, you better have them and all that stuff. I think it had affected Degoe's game a bit because his kicking was off. And um, yeah. the time he kicked, I think he was feeling that there was somebody right behind him. So in some ways what Greg Clark has said or if a couple of others did at quarter time, I don't know, might have put him off his game a little bit. But like you said, a split, split decision, you know, in that moment, you got to play the game and that's probably why people didn't go down there. Yeah, no, no don't get me wrong. He'll he get his whack. He's guilty. Like, he elected to bump his him high. Yeah, I, like, because I don't want people to think what I'm saying is a defensive. No, he's getting his whack. But it wasn't like a blow behind the ball where you see people rallying. I did notice Clark and Clark was the one that got subbed in 
for West earlier, but he would have been on the bench when this all happened. So he probably would have seen the doctor, seen the result, you know, a lot more what was happening. But I do find the the talk around it all is just it boggles my mind a bit, was it? Because social media, you hear mate. the people, oh, they, yeah, but they, oh, they should have all got stuck into him. Oh, that was, you know, back in my day, they would have hit him and they would have done this and all this garbage, or they would have like hit him in the head, or even your other people were like, oh, that's just a clean bump, you know, from the opposition. You know, there's nothing that back in the day it would have been a clean bump. The people back in the day that these bumps happened to or did to other people are now suing the AFL. Yeah. Don't sit there and tell me these players were so much harder back in the day. The reason the game is at where it is now is because those players back in the day are suing the competition for concussions. They're suing them. So don't label these players weak now or the comp weak now and that the players back in the day were so much harder when the players back in the day are the reason why there's such an issue now because they were the guinea pigs so we learned how, how serious concussions were. And then you've got the senior players like Gary Ablett who was one of the worst for, you know, getting people off the ball and stray elbows and stuff. He's suing the competition. So to me it's mind-boggling. You have them arguing, oh, they were so much harder in my day. Blah blah blah. We should have sent Musha down to go sort him out and stuff. You're thinking, mate, it's not like the old days because now we've got so much more knowledge. And a lot of the players from those old days are suing the competition, was it? So it's, it's just mind boggling. It's like, mate, it's a, it's a lose lose situation, really. You can't win anymore. Like, and just quickly on it, too. The, the Noah Long, you see, because people um, got their hackles raised a bit, you saw the Noah Long. Did you see yeah. that one? A couple, no, we just kicked a goal. I think Noah Long was rubbing it into the Collingwood supporters, oh, so we did the small forward thing and he got into them. So people yeah. were like, Oh, they should have defended him with that. I think it was actually us going them, yeah. not the other way around, you know, because yeah. we just kicked the goal. No, that was Noah Long, and he was doing what all small forwards should do get in the face of the taller uh defenders and rub it in their yeah. face. Um, you know, yeah, I think he could, yeah. he could handle himself. Quickly, just before we get Good into the players, Liam Duggan was cited for a sling tackle on Taylor Adams. Now, this happened right in front of me, right? It's basically in the same spot, virtually a uh, little bit further back from the uh, the goalie incident. And Taylor Adams went down and he had his face on the ground and he should get a week for uh, staging because he was playing with his face. And then as soon as he knew the whistle was uh, the other guy taking a kick, he got up straight away and ran off. And the crowd booed at the same time because they all knew he was staging it. I don't think there was much in the tackle, but we come to this concussion things. A couple have got off last week. Will Duggan get off? Oh, no, he's done. I, I, I hate where tackling is. And I know it sounds so hypocritical after going on about the bump and stuff, but where we're at with the tackle, it's a vastly different thing. It's basically if you tackle and then they hit their head on the ground, you're getting suspended. And I think there's only been one or two people turn it over all year. So it's like if the guy just didn't hit his head on the ground, there's nothing wrong with it, you know what I mean? And I think it's just we're getting to the stage now where it's one or two plays suspended weekly for it and it just can't keep going down this track. I hope they pull it back next year. Don't say they are, but I hope this is just so when they do go to court again, these older players suing the competition, that they go, no, we are trying to protect head. Look what we've been doing to protect the head, because you can't have a sport that tackles and then if someone touches their head on the ground, they get suspended for a week. It's just it, it, it can't go like that, and especially when, like, it wasn't even a free kick. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's not even a free kick, but then players are getting suspended for actions that a lot of them aren't even free kicks. It's just 
How, how is that possible? You know, everything else that you get suspended for would be a free kick against you. These ones aren't free kicks. It's just, uh, it's just where the game's at, Wiser. I'm just surprised because Duggan got done for that. McCleary in the first quarter, I think it was maybe the start of the second quarter, did a massive sling tackle on, on one of our players and never got picked up for it. So I'm just surprised. It's probably because the guy didn't hit his head on the ground, as you say. Look, before we get to 100% all it is. Pardon? What was that? It's 100% what it is, was it? Yeah. yeah, so if he doesn't hit his head on the ground, yeah, there's the nothing place. to it. But yeah. like, that's just the luck. That's just a, a player. Maybe he's not, he's not going to put his arm out. You said – I don't think Adams is the type of player to, to fake, but what's going to stop players doing that? No. I mean, they duck into the tackles now to get head high. I'm telling you. So now they're just going to not protect themselves and hit their head in the ground and get a free kick. It's just, it's ridiculous. Well, if, I hope there's footage from the other side. From the side I was looking at, you knew he was faking, he was staging because he, he was playing with his head and then all of a sudden he got up and just ran off. And usually when you, if you got a head, not like that. You're not running off quickly like he was. Um, but that was just me. Uh, before we get into the player of the round for the Eagles, just want to, Collingwood, you know, that they, they, they beat us by 10 goals. Uh, the key players for their side were um, Dacos, three goals, 30 disposals, five inside 50, 626 metres gains, nine inside 50s. Him along with Tom Mitchell were probably the best for Collingwood. Mitchell got one goal, 30 disposals, 13 tackles. Uh, Taylor Adams, another midfielder, another goal. So the midfielders were all kicking goals. One goal, 23 disposals, seven marks, 481 metres gained. And Darcy Cameron, well, I didn't realise how big he was until I saw him at the ground. And he is one man mountain. Um, I know Eagles tried to get him a couple of years ago when he was at Brisbane. Uh, 23 disposals, seven marks, 31 hitouts. Um, that, those were the four main guys from Collingwood. So, um you know, they were clearly the best for Collingwood. Um, but who was uh, – have you got the player of the round there, mate? Uh, yeah, so we, we'll touch on you a bit later. We wanted to really give it to Yo, but we couldn't go past Sheed again. It's his second one this year in his 150th game. I mean, he had a career high, 43 disposals. He kicked a goal. He very well could have ended with two goals if he got a lucky bounce with one of his snaps on goal. Uh, he's had 10 clearances, so that's just – Amazing, you know, and we talk about how we smashed him in the clearances. Well, he was a good integral part of the reason why. He went at 70% disposal efficiency, which is really good because he got a bit of the contested ball, eight score involvements as well. And he was just he was just everywhere, you know what I mean? It was just such a good effort for him on his 150th to come out like that. And it's um you we've spoken on the podcast several times, you know, going back to ages that Kelly and he need to make this midfield his his. And theirs, sorry. So it needs to be Sheed and Kelly that carry. And then the Yo's and the Shoeys and the Gas, but Gas dropped off. they they got to be the cream on top now because they can't carry it anymore. They've got to be the cream on top. And then you bring the kids in underneath. And this game, it was almost like that, you know what I mean? Like it was uh, Kelly and she just gave such consistent um, consistent performances. And then you got Yo, the cream on the top. So they just worked so well together. And, yeah, it was a great game by the man. He's 150th. And um, he gets his knockers, which I really don't understand why, because it's like when he has a good game, it's like, yeah, but, you know, this or yeah, but that. It's like there is no player that basically is 100% great. You know, we talk about Dacos. He's not a contested ball. How, how many clearances did Dacos get? He had nine. One. One. Clearances? Dacos? Oh, Dacos, no, sorry, one. Yeah, Dacos, oh, I think he only had the one clearance. So you know yeah. what I mean? Still yeah. a great player, but he had eight disposals and two goals, I think, when we tied. 
yeah. in the last quarter. And then he didn't get the clearance, so he's not getting any hard ball himself, you know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a gun. I'm just saying that it's it's these players, you can always find something to – because they're not 100%. He's not getting like a dozen disposals. He's not getting heaps of contested, heaps of uncontested. They're good at what they do, and they all have deficiencies. That's what players are in the AFL. And to me, a lot of the times people and supporters on our own plays, you know, the word they love to use is the whipping boy. You know, they like to look at the deficiencies of a player instead of what he's doing well. And um, I think, yeah, Sheed's game on the weekend was just brilliant. 43 suppose. I can't remember last time we had a player get over 40. Uh, he was one short of his um, all-time tally, which was 43. Really? So, um, yeah, and like, like I said, in the, in the first quarter, I probably didn't notice him, and he had 10 disposals in, his, in the first uh, quarter, and he was probably one, like you said, he was a four-quarter e- effort. Elliot Yo, I got down as two disposals, but he had 26 disposals, five marks, seven clearances. And in the third quarter, when we needed to lift, that guy sort of like stood up and took everyone on top of his shoulders. It was one of the... It was watching Elliot Yo of old. Um, it, was, it was a bull that we need, and... I think just that his aggressiveness on the ball lifted everyone. Um, they got the crowd going. Uh, Liam Duggan, you know, he's probably just not thought about in this game, but he had 33, to, 33 disposals, 13 marks, and the most metres gained for an eagle again, 520 metres gained. Um, Oscar Allen, well, he's having a great season to be bottom of the ladder and third in the Coleman, three goals and 12 disposals. And uh, you wouldn't have seen it on TV, Dan, but, Every time there was a goal kicked from us or even when Collingwood, he ran up to the centre square. He was barking instructions. He was telling guys he was keeping going. He was pointing all game. He was – he's the reason why he should be the next captain of the Eagles um, because for a young guy to do what he was doing, I think the crowd, uh, the team look, looks up to him. And it was just – you know, the stuff he did off the ball was pretty good for me. And Williams – uh, 16 disposals, six tackles, 21 hitouts, five clearances. He's having a crack, man. And you know we were really critical of him in the first three games of the year. But the person, if they had a most improved for the year, it has to be Bailey Williams. Oh, 100. percent I agree because um, and not causing he has to get in the double digits. He can't have these solo figures. Disposal games, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it feels like that conversation was so long ago, you know what I mean? Mm. And it was also like if something's not working, have second efforts, change it up. And he's getting clearances now, so that's showing the second efforts. So, yeah, it's just I've been hard on him in the past, but he's basically coming along and, yeah, not a moment too soon because he was another one that's playing for his future, but he's one you could give the tick to right now. You know what I mean? It's saying, right, they're playing for their future and you've taken your opportunity. Um, and that's why we talked about mid-season drafts weeks ago and I said we can't go on another Ruckman because we've got to persist and see if he can do this. And I'm glad he's doing performing like he is because he's proven me right. And um, and you touched on Yo as well. Bloody hell. It just goes to show what we've been missing. Yeah. Like how many games have we seen Yo, Shuey, Sheed, Gaff and Kelly all firing together with Nick Nat Rucking? We haven't. I don't think since Kelly's come over, we've had that combination for every day. Like, you know, all of them, there was always one missing or one sore. And and it just sucks because when OP hit Yo, he was, what, 26? So I feel like we've missed his prime. And he's just, he's so unique where he's just so tough in the middle. Like most of his disposal were contested possessions. You know, he gets through 
um, traffic, but he shakes off tackles too. He's just so strong. And it's just it just shows, like, we are where we're at because we don't have these players out there and we haven't for a couple of years. So people can say, like, oh, I don't like using injuries as an excuse. I mean, I don't like using it too. But there's a time where it's a reality, and he showed in the third quarter exactly what we've been missing and exactly why we've been down. Yeah. Like, when we haven't got players of his calibre, our best players on the park that perform like that, all Australian players, back-to-back um, club champions, aren't on the park, then we're in trouble. Yeah, well, you just brief, we're, we're only running out of time because we're doing it by Zoom, but... um. Kelly, you just mentioned Kelly, um, shows you how, and with the injuries, he's played 60 games for us and we, he's only been in 20 winning sides. So that's probably when, you know, the games that we've lost is when we haven't had the players around him, which is what we drafted him, uh, traded him for. So shows you a bit in comparison where we've been at for the last two or three years. So, look, um, you know, we had a crack we went down by 10 goals, but that happens when you've got no one on the bench. Uh, the injuries keep compounding us. Uh, we'll talk about more injuries in uh, the Bounce Sound edition, which will be released on Wednesday because we've had a couple more in the waffle. So we're, we're getting down to the bare minimum and maybe we should have taken an extra pick in the draft because we've just had another one ruled out for the season. But we'll talk about him in uh, Bounce Town. Um, Look, if we go into Adelaide game with that vigour that we showed in the second and third quarter, I think we can – we probably won't come away with the win, but we're going to ruffle some feathers over there. Hopefully it's ruffling the crow's feathers. Um, thanks for joining us, Dan. Um, thanks to everyone else for listening in. Um, hopefully oh, – well, next week we'll do a, um, a final siren on the crow's game, but we're going to try and get you that question uh, episode coming up as well. So until then, uh, get us on Linktree, go to all our socials and download the shows from there. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Uh, Good to be here. Go Eagles. Yeah, the West Coast sky